welcome back to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm your Game Master, James D'Amato. This week, One Shot is finally going to start broadcasting its Star Wars adventures. We had really astronomically high hopes for this when we first started working on it. However, more than one of our plans fell through. It's still going to be a great series of episodes, just with a little bit lower production value than I originally planned. In fact, I'm pretty sure only myself and Cat Murphy are possibly capable of being disappointed in this series of episodes. I actually don't have a good reason for even mentioning this disparity in quality, as there's no way for you to know what we were planning. I just feel that it's not fair for the creators of the show to be the only ones who are crushingly disappointed by it. As fans, you deserve to be disappointed by it too. But enough of that, OneShot actually has some very exciting news for fans who live in the Chicago area or care about comic books. As of Friday, OneShot is officially going to be appearing at C2E2, the Chicago Comics and Entertainment Expo. We'll have a table in Podcast Alley, which is located right near Artist Alley, which is full of your favorite comic book writers and artists. C2E2 runs from April 25th to April 27th, and it has a ton of fun stuff to do. C2E2 has something for everyone. As long as you're a nerd who is capable of feeling joy, you'll enjoy this con. To celebrate our appearance at the convention, OneShot has a team of cheerful elves and surly dwarves working hard on a bunch of cool giveaways for us to distribute at the con. We'll have more information about what that might be as the convention draws near. But let's get to the episode already. As many of you Star Wars role-playing fans know, Fantasy Flight, a company that makes a lot of board games that I happen to love, released a new Star Wars role-playing system in 2012 called Edge of Empire. It promised gritty and gray Star Wars role-playing, which admittedly to a person like myself is a little bit different than I would expect from a Star Wars role-playing system. After all, Star Wars is the optimistic space epic that combined both fantasy and science fiction elements, along with nearly every hero myth available to human beings to create a beautiful story that helped us get over the Vietnam War. If you're me, and that's the sort of thing you think a narrative can do. Say what you will, but grim and gritty don't immediately come to mind when I hear the Star Wars opening theme. But one of the cool things about role-playing is it makes the themes and narratives flexible. They allow consumers like us to take a setting and stretch it to its limits, sometimes changing it beyond recognition to create new meaning in the stories we love so much. Excited about the prospect of a new Star Wars role-playing experience, I wanted to see exactly what Fantasy Flight could do, so I decided the best way to do that would be to test it against standard role-playing fare. What exactly is standard role-playing fare? Why, it's the Wizards of the Coast Star Wars role-playing system modeled after D&D 3.5. Why is a 3.5-esque role-playing system the standard for role-playing? Well, most people are playing Pathfinder. It's the most popular system in the world right now. After playing pretend in the backyard and lying to get people to like you. And most fan-made role-playing systems, be they for Avatar, Fallout, Harry Potter, or even My Little Pony, use a D20 base, because it's what most people know. When people think role-playing games, they think Dungeons & Dragons, and when they think Dungeons & Dragons, they're usually thinking D&D 3.5. So to see what Edge of Empire could really do, we ran our first three sessions in the old Wizards of the Coast system. Hopefully with this, we'll be able to see how the different mechanics alter the themes in the narrative. God damn it, that was a long introduction. With all of that out of the way, let's get to the show. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Shot. This is our long-awaited and long-suffering Star Wars episode. It took a lot to get these people in a room together for you, but I think we got a special group of people with us. Uh, let's start with familiar favorites. Uh, first off, we have Cat Murphy. Cat, welcome. Hi. Thanks, James. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Okay, okay, robot cat. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your character? What's what's her name? Um, I'm playing Griselle Jerome. All right, and wh- what's what's her deal? Where she's where's she from? So she's from uh, Dathomir, which is a planet of Force users. Okay, um, well, like what sort of planet of Force users? All men? No, mostly women. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so um, Dathomir is a pretty special place. Not not many planets in the galaxy are. Uh, are completely comprised of Force users, uh, so it's kind of um, segregated from the rest of the universe and uh, full of a lot of barbaric women infighting. Oh, cool. So yeah. guess we'll learn a little bit more about that later. Later um, on. Next up, we have, of course, John Patrick Cohen. Welcome back. Hello, James. Thank you for having me. All right, Robot John. <laughs> All right, John, what's up? Who are you playing this week? Uh, I am playing uh, a uh, smuggler by the name of Tristan Valentine. He goes by Trist. <laughs> Trist Valentine. All right. Uh, let's let's learn a little bit about Trist. Where's Trist from? Uh, Trist is actually um, from around here, from Tatooine. Um, that's like, he wasn't born here, but that's basically where he kind of grew up. Um, it's the the most um, hub of the hubbub. Uh it's the hub of bub. <laughs> the hub of bub. I crack I think me that's, up. That's definitely on the sign that you pass as you go to Tatooine. <laughs> Welcome to Tatooine, the hub of bub. That's on the menu, like uh, like the flavor text of the menu of every restaurant there. It's like, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's where he's from. Uh, he got into smuggling, was, was started working for the huts, and uh, kind of became a, a well-known smuggler. Oh, very cool. Um, next up, we have uh, Johnny O'Mara. Johnny, welcome to the show. Hello, James. Uh, that was like a sexy, like sexy, sexy robot. Sexy, sexy robot, robot, Johnny. Um, Johnny, Johnny uh, is special for two reasons as a human being. Uh, the first <laughs> is he has a podcast on the Peaches and Hot Sots network called Dilettante Ball. That's true. Um, and so he's joining us. Uh, we're doing a little bit of cross-show promotion right now. Um, and also, Johnny is from my real-life D&D group. That's also true. Um, you're, you're nailing it. Yeah. You're nailing both uh, special things about me. Okay, great. And there's nothing else unique nope. about Johnny as Mm-mm. a person. He's otherwise sort of like a slug. <laughs> um, that feels pretty unique, actually. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your character. What's sure. his name? Sure. His name is uh, Lenik Gilo. Lenik Gilo. Yeah. Um, and that sounds like a not human. So uh, No, he's a Rodian. Uh, so that's like Greedo, if you're familiar with the films. Absolutely. Um, so let's learn a little bit about Lenik. Where, where's Lenik from? Uh, sure. Well, he's a Rodian, so he's from Rodia. I think Rodea. Rodea. Rodeo. 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 They play the uh, that song, Rodeo. It's the national anthem. Um, and let's learn a little bit about their culture. Sure. Um, so they're they're. Um, very concerned with sort of, uh, they're sort of like noble, uh, hunters, kind of like predators almost. Um, like from the movie Predator. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, um, so I left to be a bounty hunter and search for some more, uh, some more difficult bounties, some more noble 
uh, challenging bounties. Very cool. I look forward to learning a little bit more about that as we go on. And finally, uh, on more cross-podcast promotion, we have with us uh, from the Cinema Jaw podcast, Matt Kabinski. Matt. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you for coming on the show, man. Not doing the robot because I'm actually playing a robot. Oh, shit. Yeah. He's, a droid. You should just droid. edit all of this out with beeps and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's going to be plenty of that. I will consider that. Um, now, Matt, let's let's learn a little bit about your character. You said he's a droid or yes. it is a droid. I don't know if your character is gendered at all. Um, but uh, let's let's learn a little I bit. Think, what kind of what kind of droid? I think he considers himself very Vaguely male. Okay. I'm just going with that. It's just a masculine yeah, droid. Sure. He's kind of masculine, but he'll be familiar to any Star Wars fan as very, very close to another famous little droid of ah. the astromech variety. Okay. And so. his, his name is R2-D20. Oh, well, I bet everybody can picture him instantly in their heads. Uh, yeah. That's an awesome name. And all of you who are covering your heads right now, <laughs> groaning. You're wrong. You're wrong. It's, it's yeah. a 20-sided droid. <laughs> it's a 20-sided droid. Um, let's learn a little bit about uh, R2-D20. Sure. Um, so we'll call him D20. Yeah. Why not? Ugh. Call me R2. <laughs> Call me R2. <laughs> fair, fair to say. Um, he was activated on Coruscant. He worked for the Jedi and uh, became attached to one Jedi in particular from the time that she was a Padawan, uh, straight up until she was a master when uh, Order 66 came down. All right, so for the real Star Wars nerds, uh, which Jedi? That would be Sane Giselle. Sane Giselle or Jizel. Jizel. We don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, I think I think Giselle is right. Cat uh, mm. thinks Jizel. I think Giesel. it's Jizel. Um, How's it spelled? Uh, like Jizel? Oh, okay. Yeah, like Jizel. Definitely Jizel. <laughs> a little bit of Giselle in there. J I S E L? I think that's. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, tomato, tomato. Uh, actually, no. Star Wars nerds, please write into the show and tell us which one it is. I vote Giselle. <laughs> you know, we were on a first name basis, so it was always just sane. So, okay, yeah. perfect. Um, and so you adventured around. We'll learn a little bit more about that uh, yeah. as we get into the show. Um, so with that, let's begin. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Eighteen years before the Battle of Yavin. It is a time of oppression and fear. Chancellor Palpatine has used his emergency powers to declare himself Galactic Emperor. In one foul swoop, he has destroyed both the Order of the Jedi and disabled the Galactic Senate, banishing any hope for democracy in the galaxy. The Republic clone troopers are slowly being phased out and replaced with draftees from across the Empire to build Palpatine's dreaded Stormtrooper army. Pacifists, conscientious objectors, and neutral parties watch in horror as their loved ones become forced embroiled in the conquest of independent systems. Deserters, draft dodgers, and rebels who refuse to submit to the will of the Empire are branded as criminals. They must huddle with the most wretched scum and villains in the galaxy to hide from the Emperor's watchful eye. A group of such heroes sit in Mos Eisley Cantina on Tatooine, the most notoriously lawless world in the galaxy's outer rim. And so we open on Mos Eisley Cantina, it is a smoky room filled with all sorts of creatures and monsters. Uh, 
There is a band playing a very familiar tune as people from all across the galaxy are lined up around the bar drinking. Uh, there are some who are avoiding contact and uh, whatnot in dark corners of the bar. And we land on one person in particular. It starts with a slow pan up from her leg and it reveals a person who looks like. Uh, it's so we have a young woman. Mm -hmm. Um, very, very young, probably late teens, looks about. She has blanched white skin. What little of it can be seen? Because she's mostly enshrouded in what look to be, from the leg up, scales, scaled pants, and then a very baggy gray cloak that shrouds most of her. One of her, her arms is bundled up holding something, and uh, she's very pensively staring into uh, a cup of calf. As she's staring in, we actually, we get to see her hold her bundle a little bit closer and the camera shifts with a dramatic musical introduction we see that she's holding. Yes, it swells as you see uh, a, a newborn baby. His skin is also a very pale white, but it uh, is marred facially by, by black spidery tattoos that cover half of his face. For those familiar with uh, the prequels. It looks very similar to one best forgot character, uh, Darth Maul. Um, like Darth Maul. Best forgot nothing. <laughs> yeah, best character ever. Yeah. Uh, he, the, the little bib has got the, got teeny little nubs on his head that look like one day horns might grow there. All right. Um, and we go across the, the, the camera moves uh, across the room uh, to where, where do you think you would be? Oh, well, uh, Trist is definitely in a uh, like corner of the bar sitting mm -hmm. kind of by himself. It looks like he's kind of staring off at, at nothing, but he's really um, there's a uh, like a brass plate against one of the walls and he's just admiring his own reflection and trying to look as cool as possible. Yeah, we actually go right to uh, that reflection um, and that's where we get our first glimpse of him. Why don't you give a description of him for us? So uh, Trist is uh, sitting down uh, on, on a chair. There's another chair at his table that um, he's just propping his uh, legs on and he's kind of nonchalantly leaning back in his chair. He's wearing um, blue, uh, uh, like dark blue and black power, or not power armor, battle armor, padded battle armor. Um, he does. He has his helmet off, which is resting on the bar, uh, as is his blaster uh, pistol. He's got kind of like 70s, uh, like, um, uh, like oh, what's that motorcycle cop show? Why Chip, am I chips. Oh, chips. Yeah. He's got chips hair. He's got like <laughs> the the wavy wafting uh, chips hair. Oh, everyone and, uh, in Star Wars has seventies. Absolutely, hair. he absolutely. It's his, it's his pride and joy. Uh, he's kind of like tossing his hair back and like looking at himself in the mirror, and then kind of glancing around to see if anyone's noticing how cool he's being. And when like he's kind of like upset that no one kind of is, so he tries to like look more cool and more aloof. And meanwhile, in another part of the Mos Eisley Cantina, we see. A, an alien. Uh, yeah, so Lenik is in whatever corner of the cantina is farthest from Triss. <laughs> <laughs> That's you see him, like, the way the camera zoomed in on him from the mirror, just glaring from the other side. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's, he's just sitting at a table and there's a, a drink on the table. And maybe, um, maybe some, uh, some death sticks ashed in a, in Ooh. a little tray. Yeah. Um, but he's just sitting sort of, uh, pensively not, uh, trying to, 
to blend in, but to observe as much as possible. What's he? What's he look like? Uh, sure, he is green with big old black eyes and uh, a weird, you know, Rodian snout-looking thing. Uh, what's what's the, what, what what weaponry can we see on him, or is it hidden? The there's you can see a blaster, uh, you know, holstered, uh, and that's all that you can see. Ooh. Very intriguing. Um, and then, uh, rolling into the, rolling into the cantina, uh, we see a little astromech unit come in. Let's, uh, let's get a description of this astromech. Well, I mean, he's, he's got orange accents. Um, the most of them is white and silver with mm-hmm. a little bit of the orange. And, uh, he's just rolling around, taking in the scene. Uh, how did, how does, how does this unit look? Is it, uh, brand new looking? No. Or a little bit worse for wear? Weathered. Weathered. Dirty, even. Uh, a lot of carbon scoring going yes. on there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, he's seen some action. Yeah. Does, does it look like he's been maintained recently, or is he just been running the ragged mile? No, it looks like he's been through some stuff recently. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, with that, uh, you guys are sitting in the cantina. Um, what do you do? Well, I think that uh, the first thing that Triss does is he notices the. Uh, uh, are you by the bar? Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm by the bar. Okay, We're by the bar. Close yeah. by the bar. He uh, notices the woman by the bar and kind of looks around, sees that options are a little bit limited today, and uh, figures why not and takes a shot. So uh, I saunter up to the bar, barkeep. Uh, I'll have another uh, of you know the usual, and then uh, whatever. He rolls uh, his eyes and grabs some space beer. <laughs> Puts that on the counter. It's blue. And uh, whatever the lady's drinking and her baby. <laughs> a baby in a bar? Calf. Thank you. What? What? Calf? Yes. Are you ordering? <laughs> you said whatever whatever I was having. A calf for the lady? Um he uh he puts uh he puts another drink nods to you. Okay. I drain the one cup and start on the second. I I look uh I look a little now now that you're looking a little peaked, uh there are dark circles under my eyes. I look tired and hungry. I don't know, do you want anything to eat or can I can I get you something for the baby or No, he's he's doing all right. Um God. No, I I don't really <laughs> trust any of the food that they have. Here. You're not kidding. I wouldn't eat this filth, I say to the bartender. The bartender sort of gives you a look, like kind of shrugs a little bit, and he moves He moves to the other side of the U-shaped bar to serve other more polite customers that look like giant mantises. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being rude. Where are my manners? Uh, Tris, Tris Valentine. You've probably heard of me. I'm kind of a well-known figure around here. I have absolutely not. Oh, good. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding, of course. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. Griselda Run. Great. And uh, that's your kid? Tamar, yes. So, beautiful woman, baby, bar. There's got to be a story here, right? I suppose. Why are you so curious? Hey, hey, I'm not just trying to make yeah, conversation. You might be, feel a little suspicious of him. I do feel a little suspicious yeah. of him. Uh, I'm going to to reach out and see if I can feel anything yeah, yeah. surrounding him. Do do your do your force check. So I do my force check. Seven plus eight. Okay, so you want that me would to do be your a fifteen for you. Okay, <laughs> um, so you. You uh, reach out with the force um, and you sort of gather the collective feelings in the room. Uh, there's nothing too spectacular coming off of Trist. Uh, it, you sense it is a 
he's got a slight predatory nature coming off of him, but it's not the sort that you would be worried about. He doesn't mean you harm. He just means to get you, if you know what I mean. Ew. However, you you do notice uh, there's a pulse, a glimmer of something uh, in the corner of the room. Uh, you turn your head sort of nonchalantly because you're trying not to attract attention. Uh, but it's a spike of the force that you have not felt uh, uh, to the degree that you haven't felt in quite some time. Uh, you turn and you see a man who has several empty glasses in front of him. He looks like he can barely stand. And there is a young, young-ish woman at his side, uh, with a bald head and two tattoos running down her mouth, um, who appears to be trying to get him to stand up and, uh, basically interact with him in some way. Her eyes catch yours and she glares a little bit before raising her hood and turning away. And with that, you also feel a feeling of, that, of dread that, uh, the force has been sending you for some time now. Uh, the dark side is very powerful throughout the galaxy. Um, and it's not the sort of comforting power that you felt of the dark side in your home world. It is the sort of looming predatory ang- like anger that is, uh, just pervading about the galaxy. A sense of unbalance, if yes, you will. Yes, yes. A sense of unbalance. Uh, with that, let's turn to uh, Lenik. Lenik, what are you doing? I'm just still observing. Uh, I think I'll make my way over to the bar, the other side of the bar, mm-hmm. where the bartender is. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, one more, please. Um, the bartender uh, pours you a drink. So, what brings you here? Last I heard, you were out on some big mission. Well, every mission's got to end, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm surprised to see you again. Got a lot of good men disappearing these days. Is that an accusation? I'm not making any accusations. I'm just making observations. All right. Well, I'm just ordering drinks. Fair enough. And let's turn to R2D20. So you're in a little <laughs> bit of a panic. What are you What are you doing? Did I notice those two uh, dark side guys hanging out at the bar? Um, the drunk and his... You, 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 uh, might notice them, uh, roll a spot check. Wow. 19. Yeah. Uh, your scanners reach out across the room and you sense a, like you, you see like, oh, that's a familiar person. And you sort of go, you're spinning around going about your way. And then you realize, wait a minute, that is a familiar person. I think I know exactly who that person is. You head over in that direction. But by that time, the, uh, the couple is, making their way out of the bar, and you have important things to do. Okay. Uh, I'm going to uh, head over toward uh, Lenik mm-hmm. and see what he's up to. Yes. Maybe bump into him accidentally. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So you've got a little astromech droid in here. Uh, there aren't too many droids in here, but there are some. Uh, and one of them just happens to, I'd say, run over the back of your heel. It gives you a flat tire. It's okay. Just don't let it happen again. All right. I'm a little. I'm a little forward with him. A little rude, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You and you can definitely sense that attitude coming off this droid, Lenik. <laughs> Look, if you don't watch it, you're gonna wind up with a, a head full of uh, space beer, um, and you don't want that. <laughs> yeah. You want you want to short circuit over there? Hmm. You get messy. The nearest oil bath isn't from miles. Hey, hey, we don't want any trouble in here. 
All right, I'm I'm still tentative about this whole serving droids thing. I think it's a bad idea. So you don't yell at my customers. Oh, Jerk face. God, look at him. <laughs> look at him giving the the trouble speech. I see him giving this once a day at least. <laughs> don't worry, uh, don't worry, princess. If anything, uh, if anything happens, I can step in. And it's funny that you should say that. Um, just as you say that, there is a commotion from outside. You hear screaming, running, uh, and actually a little bit of faint blaster fire. Um, suddenly, four stormtroopers come in, or three stormtroopers come in the front, uh, and one stormtrooper comes in the back. Um, and the lead stormtrooper with an orange pip on his shoulder, and not pip, but like, like uniform guard or whatever. We've seen the movies. Yeah, you've seen. You know, you know this. I really hope you've seen the movies. We can it's call it a, a pip. It's, it's a, a pip. burpee, like for when you're burping. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. exactly. It's a sash. And that's what it's meant for. Yeah. <laughs> um, the lead stormtrooper comes in and goes. Tatooine is now under control of the Galactic Empire. We are searching for dangerous criminals wanted by the Empire. Remain calm and do not move. At, upon hearing that. Pretty much the entire Mos Eisley Cantina drops to the ground um, with their hands behind their head, except for you guys. I'd frozen in place. I'd already put up my hood uh, mm-hmm. earlier when glaring at that couple, um, but just completely frozen stock still, back ramrod straight, as is quite unnatural in someone trying to avoid suspicion. Trist? Um, I kind of, uh, since I'm standing behind you and... Uh, uh, from where the guards are entered, mm-hmm. I kind of uh, put my hand on the small of your back and say, "Follow my lead, sweet thing." Don't call me that. Okay. <laughs> Lenik, uh, I don't grab for my blaster, but I do grab for my whip, which has been concealed all along. Mm-hmm. And R two, I'm gonna see if I can sort of back up against the bar to get a beat on this guy that came in the back door. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So, what's ev- how's everybody handling this sudden intrusion now that we have your initial reactions down? Okay, so I want to grab, again, I'm grabbing uh, Grizel, and I want to spin her away from the uh, stormtroopers, kind of, like spin her so I'm standing in front of her. Happily. <laughs> Diane, what do you mean you left our IDs back at the hotel? I, I, I swear to God, I can't trust you to do anything right. I'm sorry, guys. This is just going to be a moment. Are you sure you left them back at the hotel? Yes. Okay. I am sure that I did that. Because if I go back I and get them. I need you both to make bluff checks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my bluff is a 13. So uh, mine's a five. So when I said, yes, I am sure that I did that, I had dramatic hand gestures <laughs> that I thought were very emphatic. Um, the stormtroopers just sort of like one of them, you, you can't see their faces yeah. because they're entirely covered by helmets, but you can tell that they are rolling their eyes. Um, and you've actually called attention to yourselves. Two of the stormtroopers sort of approach you guys. 
I need your identification. Yeah, see, she left him back at the hotel. This one, if her fingers weren't attached to her hands, she'd leave them too. Put your hands behind your head whoa, and whoa. knees on the ground. You are under arrest in the name of the Galactic Emperor. Whoa, buddy, buddy. I mean, that's kind of an overreaction, don't you think? I mean, honestly, we're on our honeymoon here. We've got a kid uh, here. With that, one of the, the stormtroopers. I'll give you a chance to make one more bluff check because you did point out that you have a baby. Uh, that one is a 23. Mm. 17. The 23, uh, like with that, they sort of look at each other and they seem unsure. Uh, we'll cut to you guys over here. Are you handling this any special way? What, what uh, you- I got the droid. <laughs> <laughs> you grab the droid, you grab the <laughs> droid in the back and you, you make eye contact with the stormtrooper who came in the back. You go, what are you talking about? Yeah, this is him. I found him. I've been tracking him all day, but I found him. He he pulls out uh, one of the uh, like hollow computers, the portable computers, and he's looking through the record database. Oh my god, that's one of the droids we're looking for. Oh my god, <laughs> that's one of the droids you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is great. Um, are 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 you a bounty hunter? You yes. look like one. Why? Yes, I am. Right, give me your bounty hunter code. Oh brother, uh, it's seventy five. Um, so yeah, he, he, he goes through the system 75, 70, wait a minute, this guy's fleeing the empire. Did I say 75? I meant 76. <laughs> and meanwhile, we return to the stormtroopers who are dealing with you guys. Um, I, I, I don't know what to do here, captain. We have to, we have to wait for order. We have to wait for orders from the commander. She's going to be here soon. Did he just say that guy's an imper- uh, fleeing the empire? I mean, you, you're, you're imperial officer. Shouldn't you be doing something about this? There are a lot, sir, sir. We're, we're, we're trying to get the situation under control. Uh, and as you are talking to him, someone walks in who's dressed entirely in black. Uh, it is a black, imperial uniform it looks sort of like the officer you officer grays that you see uh in scenes with uh vader and whatnot mm-hmm. except uh there are no uh rank pips on her on her uh shirt it's a her by the way um she has incredibly pale skin uh she has tattoos uh up around her neck and face and she also has uh white hair that half of her head is shaved and the rest is pulled into a tight ponytail behind her head. Um, she looks around the room and she goes, what are you men doing here? Um, ma'am, we're, we're just trying to sort out, uh, the, the prisoners, uh, from, from the people who, who, uh, who are innocent. No one in this room is innocent, but they have a baby here. No, no. Um, and her eyes turn to not you, but your baby. Um, and you feel suddenly, overwhelmingly, a hideous, twisted disturbance in the force and one that you have felt before. She turns, she, she makes eye contact with you and then smiles. Bring the child to me. All right, buddy. Now hold on. Do with everyone else what you will. And you roll for initiative. No. Mm. We already... 24. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, Trist, you got 24. Lenik? 22. Uh, R2-D20? 18. And Grizel? 4. Oh, look at how that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> Serendipitous. Um, okay. 
Uh, so first up is actually going to be Trist. Uh, does this um, stormtrooper in front of me have his weapon uh, ready? No, you actually with your uh, sort of like talking and uh, negotiating, he he sort of has it casually at his side, but it's not in a ready position. Does he have a sidearm as well, or does he ha- just have his uh, blaster? You rifle? know what I'll say? Yeah, he's he's the guy with the orange shield on his shoulder. So yeah, he he has a sidearm in addition to his carbine. I want to try. I want to attempt to um, uh, snag the sidearm out of his belt uh, and shoot him, or just maybe uh, before I grab it out of his belt, try to shoot him in the leg. Uh, before I try to grab his weapon. I kind of love that. I want you to roll a sleight of hand check for that. Okay. Um, see, do I have sleight of hand? I've got dexterity. 20. 20. Um, yeah, I'll give it to you. He is not prepared. He's actually flat-footed in mm-hmm. combat right now. So you you can definitely... Roll an attack? Yeah, roll an attack. Um, and since I get technically two attacks, can I shoot twice? Discharge his uh, blaster abs- twice? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so the first one is a 20... And the second one, oh, is a fail. Is a fail. Yeah. Um, so in one swift movement, uh, so are you? What, what are you doing? Are you grabbing his blaster? I, I basically want to. Uh, the, the the move that I want to do is I want to grab his blaster, shoot him twice in the leg if I can, and then pull the blaster out of his out of his holster. You casually reach your hand forward, almost like you're extending for a handshake. Uh, he's clearly confused uh, by what you're doing. And then swiftly you grab for his sidearm and start discharging it into the ground. Uh, maybe you're trying to get through the power pack. Maybe you are intentionally trying to shoot him in the leg. Uh-huh. What you end up doing, because it's going straight at the ground, you hit him in the foot. Um, and he is injured, but not out of the fight. Okay. Um Eight damage is what he took. Nine damage because of a point blank shot. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, so he takes a little bit of hurting. And then um, can I pull the blaster out of the uh, holster? Ab- absolutely. I'll, I'll let you end up with the blaster. For Great. That. that was a good roll. I left mine on the table. <laughs> <laughs> with that, uh, we come to the first stormtrooper. And this will be the stormtrooper who's come in from the back. Uh, seeing a blaster discharged has sort of uh, put him on the ready. Um and he has two wanted criminals directly in front of him. Uh, so, what do you like? Evens or odds? Uh, don't tell me the odds. All right. evens. And it is evens. So he's gonna actually shoot at the droid first. Uh, oh, I yeah. I move. I push him in front of me. <laughs> you courageously hide behind the astromech unit. Um, and he is going to shoot now. And will a fourteen hit your defense? Negative. Um, you like he he he's he's stunned, and you sort of uh move around like like a like a droid on the fritz. Like you're you're going serpentine, serpentine, um, and you manage to easily avoid the blaster shot. Um, and with that, Lenik, it's your turn. Uh, so he's got his blaster out. I mm-hmm. want to try and grab. Uh, use my whip to grab his blaster. All right. So you're going to need to roll a grapple check. Um, and that is your base attack bonus uh, plus your strength. Gotcha. 20. I mean, I rolled a 20. And he <laughs> rolls a 2. So <laughs> with that, you easily uh, grab his weapon. Uh, that's a, that's like a disarm check, actually. Um, uh, you easily disarm him. You you wrap your, your whip around his weapon and pull it away from him. Uh, can I... I want to toss the blaster to the droid. Okay, yeah. So you you manage to uh, like the carbine lands on the ground just in front of you, R two. 
Um, hope you can shoot. Um, and now it is, uh, t- the two stormtroopers around you, the one, one that got shot in the foot and the other one that was standing with him with a dumb, dazed expression on his stupid stormtrooper face. Yeah. His they're, helmet? They're finally... <laughs> <laughs> That's his, pretty on dumb. his face, you just can't see it. Right, okay. Um, uh, they roll, they each roll attacks. Um, and with that famed stormtrooper accuracy, uh, those attacks sail (laughs) away from both of you. Best shots. Uh, one, one is dealing with some serious foot pain. The other is terrified right now. Uh, He just saw his CO get shot in the foot. Um, and that brings us to R2D20's turn. Um, okay. I want to, I want to make a mess. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so the, the stormtrooper is now between me and the door, the back door. Absolutely. So if I possibly can just spray some, uh, some like, I don't know, uh, lubricant on the floors. Absolutely. Some highly flammable lubricant. Some highly flammable lubricant. That we saw R2 do in episode two. Yes. And All then, right. and then make it, I was going to hold this trick out for later, but it really seems like a great way to seal him off from us and also seal off the back door at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. Okay, so yeah, uh, the floor, the ground is covered in in like slippery lubricant, um, and he is going to make a reflex save, and he is going to fail that save miserably. Nice. So he starts. He's uh, w- without his weapon. Uh, he starts charging at you, and that's when you spray the lubricant on the ground, and the the lubricant mixes with the dust to create this muddy, horribly slippery ground substance. And he does a total pratfall and lands uh, on his neck and back, and he is prone. Um, and he, I'm going to rule that he takes a little bit of damage, too. It's not much, but it is... Some. He's about to take much more. Okay. Um, and let's see. I'm going to call that... That's probably a standard action um, to do that. So you still have a move action left. Cool. Just a spark. That's all it takes, right? A little electrical arc from one of my uh, manipulators or something. Yeah, I'm trying to or decide. I can shoot that's, it. That's probably that's probably another standard action. Um, so you you won't be able to do that quite yet unless you find something uh, that you think you could knock over in a move action. Ooh. That would. Yeah. Well, are there any candles or open flames on the bar or tables nearby? There is. You know what? That somebody was definitely smoking a cigar, and it is death sticks. Death sticks. I had my death yeah. sticks. Death stick. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Linux death sticks are sitting in the ashtray on the counter. If you can describe to me how you use one of your skills in a move action to knock over that death stick, you can start this fire. Well, I have a uh, extendable head. If I can, I'm kind of oh, under yeah. the bar, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if I just extend my head up to knock the bar enough to. Cool. Sort of bash the, the I'm going to rule that is a sleight of hand or sleight of head, as it were. <laughs> um, so roll that. Um, and if you're not, if you don't have ranks in it, which I don't think I don't. you would, I yeah, just done. add dexterity. I don't have hands. All right. I got a 12. Add my dex. Mm-hmm. You're looking for 15. Well, uh, my dex bonus or just my entire dex bonus? Dex bonus. Uh, yeah, I hit 15. 
12, 13, no, 14. 14. Oh, so, so close. So close. Uh, it's teetering on the edge. You you try you like you try and move that little <laughs> extendable eye thing that R2 uses to navigate through the swamps of Dagobah um towards the cigar. It's just out of your reach. Um the guy is struggling to get up. Uh he's not up this turn, but you you have some urgency now in your little stormtrooper flambe plan. And this brings us to Grizel. So this whole time I've been uh just uh just in a rictus of fright. Mm-hmm. Camera slowly panning in on widened eyes and uh, uh until the the um the commotion on the other side of the bar in combination with the I, I imagine simultaneous uh blaster pistols sure um shocks me out of it and just in one very quick motion i force push the table in front of me trying to just ram it into the that woman as hard as i possibly can absolutely so that's a move object uh rolled 15 plus but so a 24 24 so the table goes flying at her she looks like it, it she looks like she was expecting it um and she delicately reaches a hand out in front of her uh, to try and deflect it. However, your force push was stronger than she was expecting. And she ends up also having to jump and move out of the way, which has caused her to lose her composure. And she's not happy with um, you did hit her a little bit with with that table i or no you didn't because we're using vitality really, points and yeah. it really doesn't do that damage um, it doesn't do damage at no. all okay yeah no it's just a it, an attempt to knock her prone really oh, okay. um get her out of the way so while so, so she's the, being does that hit, so uh so if it hits does it knock her prone does it am i trying are you trying to hit her defense yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she delicately extends a hand in front of her because it seems as though she was uh, trying to deflect the object, but you hit it towards her with more force than she anticipated, and she actually has to fall backwards um, in order to fully avoid it. Um, she she still looks confident and predatory as she leans her head up, but you can also tell that you've embarrassed her. Sister. How nice it is for us to run into each other. Uh, I've been largely ignoring her Mm because the entire time that she was uh, dodging, I was grabbing your arm and starting to pull you away from that area towards the other side of the bar um, to get some ground between her. They are not who you need to worry about right now. Her. Whatever you just did to him, do that to her. Say you sort of move over to the other side here. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to say that that works um, because, well, this guy is injured, so he can't stop you. But this this dude does get an attack of op as you try to do that. Makes sense. Um, and, of course, because he's a stormtrooper, he completely misses you. <laughs> um, you have the option of taking that move action as well because you just took an attack action. Yeah, I'll take the move action and, and let her pull right. me away. Um, so, And he only gets one attack of op around because that's how Dungeons & Dragons work. <laughs> Um, or at least 3.5. The, uh, the woman stands up and, um, she stares at you, Trist. You've collected another for yourself so soon. I wonder if I can take this one from you as well. And she points a blaster at you and whew, nearly crits. Uh, so I'm going to assume 27 hits you. That hits me. Um, all right. And 10, da- 10 damage to your vitality. So my, ba- my battle armor, though, 
Gives me my damage reduction. Yes, okay. does give you damage reduction. Uh, so I take six damage. Yes, unless you're getting hit with a melee weapon, um, your armor gives you damage reduction. Okay. All right. Um, which brings us back to the top of the order with Trist. Uh, look, lady, I don't know who you are, but um, I think you might be right about the uh, stormtrooper threat. I um, aim my blaster at that uh, uh, that lady and fire off two shots. Cool. Oh, nope. And no. A uh, two and a one. So you you fire your blaster and you fire it dead on. Um the you the energy from the blaster is coming right towards her and she simply opens a hand and grabs the blaster shots out of the air. Um it looks like she's expending a great deal of effort to do it. Uh her hands move lightning lightning fast but you can tell she's feeling a little bit of pain as she absorbs those shots she's not so coolly doing it as darth vader did i uh i after she does that i like look at the blaster then look at her then shake the blaster to see <laughs> uh, is it on stun yeah. mode <laughs> yeah you know what i think that we might want to make it a expeditious retreat all right um and with that uh the Two dumb stormtroopers who are still up are going to try and attack again. They, of course, send their shots. I, amazing. I started calling it before the die finished rolling. They rolled a five and a two. Nice. Uh, again, the shots go wild. Um, they're actually <laughs> hitting, quote unquote, innocent people around the bar because this is obviously most Eisley Cantina and full of horrible, horrible people. But they're getting hit and not you guys. Now it is Lenik's turn. Can I ask a quick science question? Uh, yes. W- would a shot from a blaster ignite Absolutely. This okay, I'm just not sure what blaster shots are made of. Um, probably, science. Probably. Yeah. They're probably made of science. Plasma. The plasma, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I want to, tr- I want to, uh, whip out my blaster. The important question is, what do you say as you do this? Because you're hitting an inanimate space. Um, so you're definitely going to hit no matter what you would roll. <laughs> never never sent a droid to do a Rodian's job. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, and the blaster hits the lubricant and lights it on fire. And this dude takes some fire damage. And actually, I'm going to call that because he's just a punk-ass stormtrooper. That's enough fire damage to take him completely out of the fight. Uh, he may live. He may die, but he is going to need some surgery. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Can we just pause the campaign and then follow him for the rest of the time? We'll just follow his road to recovery after he was burnt by a hero. Oh, man. Yeah, he'll come back in our evil campaign. Yeah, there you go. Um, Okay. Do a a rehabilitation check. (laughs) Uh, So, Stormtrooper is downsies. Uh, And it is R2-D20's turn. You're a Rodian, huh? I always heard your kind shot first. (laughs) I think there's some debate about that. No. Uh, yeah, that's true. No, oh, yeah, 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 no, there is. Oh, my God, please. Some debate about there's, debate. there's debate. But now we know the truth. He did shoot first. Um, <laughs> I guess there's there's still another stormtrooper to deal with, but uh, I, I got a feeling that now that the back door is sealed and the obvious um, Sith is sort of in the other exit, I'm going to try to find another exit for us all to escape. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Is there any sort of opportune window or... Yeah, you do see a window over here. It's not a very big window, um, but it is a window. Um, you. It looks like you would have to find some way to make it bigger. Okay. Um, I don't know if this is something that I can do, not having any sort of explosives on me. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe I could saw my way through the wall. How thick is it? Um, it's probably too thick yeah. for you to get through with your little welder. But, you know, you. I think you were dead on. If you found uh, some sort of grenade-like object or managed to pilfer it from somebody who would have it, uh, hmm. then you absolutely would be able to get through that window. Would the stormtrooper on fire in front of me have some sort of device just like that? Oh, totally. Oh, great. Well, uh, I don't think fire really hurts me that much. Uh, can I go in and grab his... Uh, you know what? Uh, the fire might not hurt you that much just rolling past it. However, the ground is sort of uh, covered in a, I'm going to say... What is it? Napalm-like substance? Uh, If you managed, if if you had one of your handy, I I think R2 definitely has a fire extinguisher. Oh, yes, he sure does. Yeah, we saw that. We saw that in A New Hope. So, um, yeah, you can you can put out some of the fire and grab uh, one of the one of the grenades from the stormtrooper. I will do so and lob it at the window. Cool. Um, make so I'm gonna rule that grabbing is a move action and standard action to lob the grenade. Okay. D twenty. D twenty. It's a six. Okay. So it <laughs> it definitely goes towards the window, but it does not go as close as you wanted. Uh, our two units mm-hmm. are not known for their ability to throw. <laughs> no. True. Um, but the, the bartender says, what are you doing? You're throwing a grenade in here? Are you crazy? And we move on to Grizel. Okay. So Trist's last words were, we should make an expeditious retreat, Mm -hmm. which I was in the process of doing until kaboom, the entire back door lit up in flame as a guy started writhing around. Mm. And there went our exit. Oh God, let me think, let me think, let me think. Um, keep them in that corner. And then uh, I reach out a hand towards the roof of the con- cantina. Mm-hmm. Um, and my eyes start glazing over white as uh, the area there starts crackling. Uh, and there's a, a very electric feel to the air as I start, uh, start calling down a storm. What are you planning on doing? We're inside, you silly little thing. And she is just like sort of standing there looking at you um with the most condescending hate-filled expression uh, and then you notice uh she she turns to your baby and she uh reaches out with her hand as well um and you feel a tug i need you to make a strength check you're focusing your force powers okay so you can either abandon your current task and try and fight her with the force or just make a straight strength roll. Mm, interesting. Uh, no, I'm going to abandon current task mm-hmm. and uh, fight her completely with the force. Um, so I'm going to, uh, the intention here, I'm going to enhance my senses and then pull on the force. And with that- Roll force defense. If you hit, uh, I'm going to say 15, you don't need to abandon your current task. Uh, I did. I got a 19. Perfect. Um, so uh, so she tries to do that. She tries to do that. And uh, I just, like, turn my shoulder and continue on the... What's, what's her name? Um, you, I, you know, you remember her name as Ava Arik. 
You never really did study, did you, Ava? I'm doing my thing. But I've had so many teachers, and I have so many things to teach your son. And now we are going to move on in the initiative order back to the top to Trist. Uh, whatever you say, crazy, I say. And I uh, I want to do a move action to uh, roll over the bar and oh, get behind the bar. Absolutely. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to quick draw my um, uh, blaster rifle from my back. It's a free action. Yep. And uh, I want to lay down suppressing fire uh, in this general vicinity. All right. Um, I'm not sure if that's a thing or if that's you know, a mechanic in this game. I know that that is a mechanic in 3.5 and this game, probably. I don't have time or patience to look up that rule. Sure. So I'm going to rule if they're in this area, they have to make a reflex save to avoid fire. Sure. Um, so they are going to do that presently. Oh, God. They both roll five. This is amazing. These The, the dice are channeling stormtroopers. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> And they are going to take some damage. The injured one is sort of too slow to move out of the way, and he actually goes down. The not injured one falls back uh, to behind this wall area, uh, and he's now firing from cover at you. Yeah, I'm basically uh, kind of uh, uh, behind the bar, like so I'm I'm firing from cover mm-hmm. too, just kind of wildly uh, shooting off blaster shots. Um and he he's he returns fire. Twelve definitely doesn't hit your defense. Hit, yeah. uh, so he continues to miss. God, wow! I'm so surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm happy. I'm very pleased. <clears throat> Lenik, you're up. Okay, so this guy's down. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. The that's crazy, the crazy okay. one. Hmm. Uh, I think I am going to turn around and just shoot at the stormtrooper closest to me. Cool. Make your shot. 14. Um, so the blaster sort of hits the wall right by him. Uh, had he, 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 he's, uh, you can tell that, uh, this one is trained a little bit better. Um, he's the one who was hanging back with her in the first place. He's trained a little bit better while the others are sort of incompetent and bungling around in their movements. This guy looks like he's seen combat and he deftly avoids your blaster shot before you're even able to fire it, really. Uh, the other stormtrooper, the more competent stormtrooper, um, rolls and he takes he returns a shot at you, Lenik. Um, and does nineteen hit your defense? Yes. All right. Um, so he shoots at you with his carbine and take eight points to your vitality as uh, you sort of uh, stumble and dodge out of the way. Uh, he returned that shot like quicker than you expected and anticipated. Most of the people that you hunt down are afraid of you or running away from you. It's rare that somebody will actually be competent enough to return fire. So you stumble behind one of the stools uh, and it hit the blaster hits the bar stool and it turns red and melts a hole. Hey. Um, so you saw you came very close to biting it. Next up is R2-D20. Can can I, instead of attacking, ask uh, Grizel for help and say, hey, grab this grenade and throw it over by the door? You know, you have uh, – you, you are right there. You have another shot. Grizel is actually in the process She's, of okay. doing yeah, another I'm plan. Yeah, concentrating her. Good right. strategy, though. No, it was a thought. It was a thought. Okay, well, um, I'm going to grab that grenade and try mm-hmm. tossing it again. Yeah, the first one went off, by the way, 
and it damaged the wall. Huge pieces of like uh, sand, uh, like mudstone, uh, which this thing is comprised of. Adobe. Fall down. Yeah, that weird Adobe substance that they use in all the Star Wars movies. The bartender's going, what the fuck? What is wrong with you? You're grabbing another? You're grabbing another? Stop! Please! Whatever you want, please stop! Um, And you have that grenade. Well, I'm going to try to get it closer to the wall this time. Use the force. Um, I'll remind you, at this point, you do have the option. Everybody in this game has the option of using a force point as you all start off with one. Force points are sort of like action points. Uh, you can add a D6 um, to bonus to any roll that you make. Hmm. You don't need to use it at this moment, um, but it signifies the force sort of aiding you. Anytime you do something super heroic or awesome... I'll give you another force point. Nice. Do we have to call it? You do have to call that you're using the force point. Cool. Use the force <laughs> point. I will use the force All point. right. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to grab one of these? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. shit. That is perfect. That's See what you can do when you use the force? Point. Yeah. You, <laughs> uh, you grab it with your little arm, and your body spins around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh and whips that grenade uh, right by that window. Um, at, at the end of the round, it goes off and it blows a big hole in that wall. Um, God damn it! I am never letting a droid set foot or tread or whatever you freaking things have in here again. You hear me? We don't serve your kind here. <laughs> um, and Grizel, it is your turn, and your force storm is conjured up. Okay, so uh, since a hole was blown in the ceiling, we can see that uh, the force storm is all mm-hmm. blown up. Yeah, there's, there's a there's a wicked sandstorm outside. Um, so I'm going to continue channeling it and pull it down. And you see uh, through the hole, like there's a bolt of lightning that starts to come down, and I redirect it into the rafters above. Uh, um, what's her name? Uh, Ava, Ava. Uh, above Ava and bring the roof down on so, her. So, yeah, the a gigantic bolt of lightning uh, strikes that support beam and it turns red and melts. Um, you can uh, you can see Ava quickly uh, throws her hand up over her head as uh, this little alcove crumbles to the ground and is completely sealed off. And you guys can drop out of initiative as there are no immediate threats. I um I kind of was standing behind the bar just shooting blindly, kind of like peek my head out, uh, peek my head out from behind the bar and like look to see that there's rubble, and then I kind of look at the uh, the woman who brought it down with her apparent magic. Mm-hmm. I guess I should be thanking you, sweetheart. Well, I I guess I should. You played a part, so I guess it's mutual. We should be running, running. Fair enough. Fair point. <laughs> I jump across the bar and grab my heavy blaster that and my helmet. All right, Leenik and R two D twenty. What are you guys? doing here i think we're making a I, i'm making a break for that hole in the wall nothing to say to your apparent comrades in arms at this moment we getting out of here or what uh i throw my i put my helmet on let's move rodian i mean i mean i had a ship but i don't precisely have a ship i mean i know where ships are i mean <laughs> she is not gonna stay under there long let's book it um, yeah, let's go r20 uh, roll ro- roll your intelligence okay yeah 
You absolutely know of somebody. I mean, that was, a, that, I can even ten. see that yeah. Yeah, 10 is enough to remember. Uh, you absolutely know of somebody who has a ship. Uh, mm. in fact, uh, that you, you, you belong to that person. Uh, he's just in a bit of a spot right now. Okay. Um, and so you can share that information. Oh, rescue? What do you need a little help? Who's your master? Why'd you ask if this guy had a ship? Leenik, roll your streetwise. Uh, 15. Even with that check, you know, uh, it's going to take more than simply having a ship to get off world. The Empire probably has a blockade. Somebody's, you're going to need to get some sort of passphrase or code in order to get past the Imperial blockade. And to do that, there's only one group of folks who's going to be able to help out. And that's the Huts. Oh, butts, it's the Huts. We got to talk to them. Yeah, we're not getting off this rock unless we clear it through the huts. Who? The, the huts. huts? Uh, <sighs> Sweetie, you got a lot to learn. All right, droid, you take us to your Bakta, and we'll use his ship to get out of here. I've got a history with the huts. I, I think I can sweet talk him. Well, I have a history with the huts, too. I oh, think. do you? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think we'll leave off for this week. <laughs> As uh, both both uh, of our Scoundrels. scoundrel-esque characters <laughs> threaten to measure dicks. Of <laughs> um, who's in more in trouble? Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah way we'll, more dick trouble. We'll resume next week. Well, that's it for this week's episode. I sure hope you're enjoying it because we worked really, really hard on it. If you'd like to hear more from special guest Matt Kabinsky, check him out at cinemajaw.com. He and his buddy Rye the Movie Guy have a great movie podcast. And I gotta say, there are some pretty cool guests that come on that show. I'd like to thank Matt for being a good sport for letting us put R2-D2 beeps and whistles over most of his dialogue. If you'd like to hear more from Johnny O'Mara, you need to go no further than peachesandhotsauce.com as he is a co-host of Dilettante Ball, a podcast where people talk about Wikipedia, which is more interesting than it sounds. That little bit of intro you heard was, of course, John Williams' Star Wars theme, which, believe it or not, is a placeholder, and I will remove it. I'd like to remind everyone that the stories in one shot are essentially fan fiction. And not just fan fiction, but parody fan fiction, as we are clearly altering the source material to create a new comic meaning through lampooning the characters and themes. It's a spoof! There is no way to mistake the nonsense we do for the real thing. And guys, we are living in a golden age for Star Wars. Not only do we have the House of Mouse in charge of the new Star Wars franchise, which is being spearheaded by J.J. Abrams, but for the past five years, some of the best Star Wars stories have been coming out nearly weekly on the Clone Wars animated series. That's right, I am taking time on my own show to plug Clone Wars. If you have not seen it and you are judging it because it's based on the prequel movies, I can assure you it is time to get over that. If you jump in on the second or the third season, you will see some of the most intense and compelling Star Wars moments to date. If you were a Star Wars fan and you were put off the franchise by the prequels, I implore you, get a big pile of money and throw it vigorously at your computer screen until it dispenses the Clone Wars DVDs. You will not be disappointed. One-Shot fans, you can look forward to more updates about C2E2 and a new critical success at the end of the week. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Be Your Own Pet with Adventure. 
See you next time, heroes. Okay.